Hello and welcome to the TLT Scale Up Insight Serial Podcasts with me Nina Sell and my co-host Andrew Jennings. Andrew and I are partners in the fast growth team here at TLT. We're a cross-jurisdictional UK team helping rapidly scaling businesses to manage the legal challenges that come with growth. In the episode so far we've looked at key topics that you'll be thinking about as you grow your business and what you really need to know from a legal perspective. As you know, the world has changed somewhat since our last recording, and so today we wanted to do something a little different that will hopefully help you navigate the next few months as your business deals with the implications of the COVID-19 pandemic. Today we bring you a shorter podcast that looks at what you need to know about the government-announced future fund. I hope you find today's episode helpful. If you have any questions about anything we discuss in the show, please do get in touch at scaleupinsights at tltsolicitors.com. Today we are trying something a little different, a short 10-minute mini-scale podcast to address the most important aspects of the government's future fund for scale-up businesses. Please bear with us as we record this in one take. Andrew and I are joined today by our colleague and fellow partner John Gill, who specialises in private equity and fast-growth corporate transactions. Hi John. Hi everyone. And today we're going to hopefully answer the questions you have about the Future Fund and how it could be accessed by your business. John, welcome to the podcast. I suppose uh, as we're all in lockdown and the current uh, COVID pandemic, um, we have seen a lot of government support being announced and uh, one of which is the Future Fund, which we'll discuss today. It'd be great if you could give us some background on that. Yes, no, certainly. So the Future Fund uh, opens in the coming month, uh, month of May, and will be open until the end of uh, September. It's a new £250 million fund that's going to be delivered in partnership with the British Business Bank. And it's to provide UK-based companies that have already raised a minimum of £250,000 from third-party investors with further funding of between £125,000 and £5 million from the government in the form of a convertible loan note. So it's it's a loan, but it will convert into shares in the company at a discount at a future event. It's important to note that all that uh, money from the government needs to be matched by private investors. Thanks, John. So looking at that in a little bit more detail then and thinking about our listeners and whether this is appropriate for their businesses or not, um, you mentioned that you need to be a UK company to benefit from, from this fund and that you need to have raised previous investment of at least £250,000 from private individuals. Can you just expand a little bit more on that criteria? Yes, certainly. So that uh, minimum investment is £250,000 over the last, last five years. So that can have been invested in its smaller chunks from seed investors, as would normally be the, the case. The, the nature of that uh, investment is still being uh, clarified by the British Business Bank. Um, there is, I understand it, a, a concern around some uh, state aid and government schemes maybe not uh, not qualifying that's certainly a, a concern for the matched co-investments requirements which is i think proving to be a, a a difficult gateway for some companies who wish to access this scheme i think that's right john uh, obviously we at tlt 
or across all uh, UK jurisdictions. And in Northern Ireland, one of the, um, the key uh, benefits, I suppose, of this sort of startup and scale community has been the uh, very strong government support that is available. But I think with the Future Fund, one of the concerns has been that government-backed funds who are very active in investing in companies in Northern Ireland, it may well be that the money that they have invested does not qualify as the sort of private third-party investment that has required to be within a company um, in the past five years. So it is something that has been looked at. Um, I suppose with that in mind, to think about the types of companies that would be looking at this. And one of the other concerns that, that there has been is about the applicability of or the compatibility of SEIS and EIS relief. Obviously, we've discussed that in, in other podcasts in more detail, but due to the benefits that investors find um, in relation to tax, I think we um, have seen a real benefit to companies in taking in SEIS and EIS money. But with this fund, uh, it looks like those investors won't still avail of the same of those tax breaks if, uh, if they follow in alongside the future fund. Isn't that right? That, that's exactly right. So a, a convertible loan note wouldn't be eligible for EIS relief. And again, it comes down to clarifying the nature of that co-investment as to whether it needs to be in exactly the same instrument or can it be in another form of investment that comes in alongside. Thanks, John. So we've talked a little bit about eligibility and who can apply. But if you are eligible, there's still some thought to be given as to whether it's the right thing for your business at this time, isn't there? Because whilst it sounds attractive that there's this pot of money available to people, obviously there's the conditions attached attached to it. But the government have also published some of the terms of the investment, haven't they? And so there are some things that businesses need to be aware of when thinking about whether this is right for them. I, I think that's exactly right. And there's still some detail to, to come through. What I would say to, to fast growth companies is this is you know, suitable if you're looking to raise a bridge round, so to take you to a future fundraising uh, further down the line, because you need to have confidence there's going to be that, that conversion event. You, you also need to have some confidence that the conversion into shares at a 20% discount to that next round is not going to have unanticipated consequences in terms of you know, dilution for you and your your team as well. And, and also, there are some, some pitfalls, as you've uh, mentioned as well. Um, for example, if you were to uh, sell the company whilst the convertible loan note was outstanding, then the government and indeed others who've taken that convertible loan note would be uh, due to receive uh, up to you know, two times their money back. Uh, so that needs to be thought about as well. And not only that, I suppose as well, we've got um, just queries around how the money will be deployed, the amount uh, of due diligence that will be required, there's some reference to sort of basic warranties having to be given and new AML, new anti-money laundering information and new your client type information having to be provided. So there will still be hoops to be jumped through um, that, uh, and I suppose one of the big things for us is to receive further clarity um, prior to the, the launch of the fund to know exactly who can apply and, and what they will have to do in order to be successful. Yes, those practical points still need to be need to be worked worked through. I mean, the convert the convertible loan though is designed to be a an easier um, 
instrument to deploy than your standard equity fundraising. But as, as we've seen, there are, particularly in this case, some, some issues that, that there will need to be work, worked through and clarified. Thank you, John. I suppose, like, obviously, this um, podcast is, going, is one of our many podcasts, and we've had to rattle through that information very quickly. This is a very fast-moving area, and uh, it is evolving on a daily basis, and we will be finding out more. Please check out the show notes for more information and for links. Um, but from our perspective, the Future Fund could be a real benefit to fast-growth companies. It could be really helpful for them to navigate this time, particularly, as John has said, if you're looking to do a bridging round within the next few years. But I suppose with the current incompatibility with SAIS and AIS, and I suppose queries around applicability given the past investment history, we do need to get a bit more clarity as to how this will unfold. But uh, it's something that I think that could be really helpful to to our scale-up and the fast-growth company. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Scale-Up Insight podcast. If you have any questions about anything we've discussed, please get in touch at scaleupinsights at cltsolicitors.com. The information in this podcast is for general guidance and represents our understanding of the relevant law and practice at the time of recording. We recommend you seek specific advice in each case. Please visit our website for full terms and conditions.